Welcome to Knowledge at Wharton Podcasts. Knowledge at Wharton is the online research and business analysis journal of the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. For more information, please visit our website at knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thanks, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. This is Kevin Werbeck. I'm uh, assistant professor at the Wharton School and founder of the Supernova Group. And this is uh, one of a series of interviews that we're doing in association with, with Knowledge at Wharton leading up to the 2006 Supernova Conference, which is going to be this year, June 21st to 23rd in San Francisco. Supernova is a conference on emerging technologies that I organize in partnership with Wharton. Uh, and if you're interested, there are details at www.supernova2006.com. The focus of this conversation is on uh, the power of community. Online communities have become not just a major social force, but a significant driver of business activity, both online and offline. Um, facilitating, nurturing, uh, and benefiting from those communities, however, is not a simple task. So we've brought together three people, uh, all of whom are involved with uh, successful online communities and successful efforts to uh, leverage and facilitate online communities, um, but in very different ways. Um, and we're going to have a conversation trying to address some of these issues. Uh, we've got Craig Newmark, who, as he uh, informs us, is officially the customer service rep, or a customer service rep, uh, and founder of Craigslist.org. Bill Flitter from Fido, and Julie Herendine from Yahoo. So first, let me just ask each of you to say a little bit about um, what your company does and, and your perspective on online communities, what makes an online community successful, and how, you know, what unique sorts of things you try and do to uh, really facilitate um, the value creation that can come out of those communities. Craig, you want to go first? Um, sure. And the deal is that we don't quite think in the uh, terms you're articulating. Our site is a place to help people with everyday needs, like getting a place to live or a job. We view ourselves as a community service, and as such, we're uh, almost completely free. Um, what works for us is that well, our site operates in a culture of trust. We've turned over, as much as possible, operations and control to the people who use our site, as opposed to, say, a, a culture of control where you know, the site operators feel that people have to be controlled and have to be pretty, everything has to be pretty rigid. The culture of trust is key. Again, we help people out. We don't get in the way. And we hope that people will uh, screw around with the site as useful, for example, in the case of uh, Katrina recovery. And that works really well. Okay. Um, I'd like to come back to this question about how we, you know, what, what, what terms we use, because I, I, I think it is important. Um, but first, let me, let me let the other two people introduce themselves. Bill Flitter. Thank you. Yes. Uh, uh, Fido is a, uh, basically what we do is we're an um, RSS uh, analytics and advertising company, and we make it possible for publishers to really understand what's happening with their RSS feed. So in a community setting, if they are publishing feeds, we can help them um, not only generate revenue from those feeds, but really dig into what people are doing once, once they, they're, they're as they're using that feed and consuming that information in the feed. And you know, as far as you know, I'm looking at a community from, you know, maybe from the standpoint of let's say Friendster, even in um, LinkedIn, and to me that's you know that's what I, I view as a community. 
and I think that what, what what's really important there is if I join that community and I want to find like people, but once I'm there, let me do something. Let me interact with the people. Uh, keep it exciting for me. So uh, I joined there for a reason, but I need to do something once I'm there, not just put my email address in and say, now I belong to this community. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more, though, about about what, you know, for people who aren't familiar, what, what RSS is and, and what, you know, what it can enable in terms of some of the things that you do. Sure. So, from our world, we we look at RSS as a delivery tool for content. So, uh, a content publisher, it can be anywhere from anyone from like Reuters or Hollywood.com to to IBM, and it's really a supplement to the email newsletter. Uh, it's a, just a cleaner way to distribute information to end users. Okay. Um, and then the final person is Julie Herendine from Yahoo, a company that probably people are familiar with, but they may not be uh, as familiar with some of the services that you're focused on. So could you tell us a little bit about those? Great. Thanks, Kevin. Um, yeah, Yahoo um, is home to a very kind of broad and, and vital set of communities. Uh, and the really interesting thing about Yahoo is there's just a very wide range of communities there. There's communities um, from things that have been around a little bit longer, like Yahoo Groups, um, some newer offerings we have, like Yahoo 360, and some companies that have kind of come into the Yahoo fold recently, like Flickr. Um, and I guess the way we think about community is that we we like these communities to be very diverse, so there's definitely not a one-size-fits-all. But we do find that there are kind of four themes that run through the communities that we have on Yahoo that we find make them very successful. We like to make sure that people are kind of front and center in the communities, and as, as Craig was saying, that... Um, you really put a lot of control in the hands of the people and allow them to develop a very trust-based community. It's also very important that you allow people to express themselves and really be able to kind of put the identity forward that they want to put forward, which means they decide how much information they want to put out and how they want to express themselves. So people is the first one. Um, the second is, is we call purpose, is really making it easy for people to collect around a common purpose and kind of a shared reason for coming together. Make it easy for them to create that purpose-based community and also to discover purpose-based communities that might be relevant for them, um, which leads to our next one, which is just discovery. Like how, with the breadth of communities that are out there, I and mean, we have, if you think about Yahoo Groups, millions and millions of communities in the context of groups. So the aspect of discovery becomes very important. What am I interested in? How do I discover people that have similar interests. So obviously search and directories and even editorial become very important in that. And then the final is, is participation, which is something that I think is really all of these things have evolved with Web 2.0, but on the participation side, we're really seeing an explosion in um, people's desire to participate in community, and I think that is because the tools have become much easier. Um, you, participating is as simple as, as tagging. Um, or um, leaving a comment or writing a blog. Um, so users have much easier tools to be able to participate in the community and also decide how they want their participation to be seen. Do they want it to be public to the world or do they want to be participating maybe more in the context of, of friends and family? Um, so those are some of the things that we look at as themes that kind of run through communities at Yahoo. Okay, so let me let me pick up there, and, and I think it links back into what to what Craig first said with this notion of a, a culture of trust. And let, let, let me just ask you, uh, you know, because we start with Craig, and to, to to elaborate on on 
what exactly that that is, and and is it essential? Do you think for for all these different kinds of online communities, or or predominantly for the kind of you know customer services as you put it that 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 you're involved with? Um, my gut tells me that it's essential for any kind of uh, company endeavor which connects to which attempts to connect to people in a, a big way. You have to uh, treat people as people. And even though I'd like to be more cynical, uh, there's that uh, do unto others thing that seems to be what people uh, pretty much crave. People crave uh, fairness. And I think the only way you ever get it is by turning over control to the community while doing some uh, nurturing, some managing. Because while the, uh, while the wisdom of crowds thing does work really well in practice, now and then uh, there's problems with mob rule or just bad guys. And then you have to uh, help out some. I've, uh, let's say I've already put a few hours of that uh, into that today. I'm trying to keep my eyes away from the screen now. Um, but, uh, you know, you do have to get serious about this stuff. So in order, in order to, to empower the, the users, you have to you know, take a, a more active role as a facilitator of the community to keep spam and, and, and what have you out of it. Um, Let's say you have to be sensitive to reports from some of the more proactive community members and then proceed to act on that. Um, we've uncovered uh, spam gangs, scam gangs, uh, some of which go up uh, very high into the, uh, well, to the levels of the rich and powerful. Mm-hmm. So what about the other two of you? What's your sense of the importance of this, um, you know, of a culture of trust and some of the things that Craig is talking about? Yeah, just, just to echo some of um, Craig's points and add to them, uh, creating the culture of trust is something I think you kind of design into the product from the start. And then we also think about kind of ways in which you can reinforce that and, and keep the community towards the positive. Um, and certainly there's, um, you know, a role for technology and tools there in terms of being able to kind of beat the spam um, and also tools that can help put control in the hands of the moderators at some level so that they can create the kind of community that they want and promote the good and keep out some bad. Um, but there's also a really important role for, it, it, in smaller communities, it is the moderator. In larger communities, it's the role that Craig plays at Craigslist is the role that Stuart and Katerina played at Flickr, which is kind of the founder of the community really sets the tone um, for you know what is acceptable in that community and um, how how that community wants to work. And that role of you know the, the moderator or the founder for a community is, is incredibly important because that the tone that is set at the beginning is going to kind of carry through the life of the community. And something that Craig said earlier as well about uh, putting the tools in the hands of, of the, the community itself, I think, is, is extremely in, important and as we look at what's happening today and in, in, even in media, but uh, online and offline, it's, it's, it's changing in the fact that, or maybe it's evolving is a better way of saying it, is putting the hands or putting the tools in the hands of the consumer. If you look at you know what DVRs are doing to uh, TV and, and even what RSS is doing online, you know you can subscribe to things that you want, and there's no personal information exchanged, and it comes to you, um, and you're in control 
you know, just one click, and you can unsubscribe from a feed. And the same way kind of what TiVo is doing with, um, with online or with the TV, uh, I think it's an important, important uh, point about how a lot of media is changing and a lot of communities will be affected by that change because that's what consumers want. Mm-hmm. They want that control. Right. Although, although you know, I think the the I mean, I, I I certainly agree with you, and and you see that you know now in terms of you know some of the kinds of services and 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 communities that that you've all talked about that are growing, but but what do you say to a you know to a more you know a, a traditional you know I mean, maybe I'm, I I want to be more cynical, um, um, or maybe I want to be less cynical. I'm not sure, but um, you know, a traditional marketer who says. Well, that's all great, but you know the community has to have an economic model to succeed. Or, or I want to generate some economic value out of this community. Um, how can I just you know let the inmates run the asylum? <laughs> I think yeah, I think that what, it, what it's doing. I'm a, I'm a marketer, and I'm actually happy for those changes to take place and putting the consumer in control. But what it does, it forces me to think differently. It forces me to build in new tools that 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 enable that, you still can create uh, a revenue stream even when uh, the community is in control of that. It's just maybe different than what you've done before. Yeah, and I think from, I think that's absolutely right. Marketers have to think a little bit differently about communities, and one of the things that we've seen is kind of a powerful concept at Yahoo is this concept of kind of net promoters that one thing that can be really powerful for a company is that, you know, word of mouth recommendations by a friend um, can be that much more powerful than, say, seeing an advertisement. So if you can find people that really can be the advocates for your products or your brand, that can be a very powerful thing online because one of the unique things about online communities is you can reach a much broader audience than you can other places. So one example that we have at Yahoo is we have a product called Avatars, which is kind of the digital persona you can create online. And um, we allow, um, we have companies basically create digital assets for avatars. So for example, Adidas may create athletic wear, or Jeep may create a Jeep, or Verizon may create cell phones that people can add to their avatars. And it's completely choice-based and opt-in, but it can be a pretty powerful thing when you see that your friend um, is wearing the cool new Adidas line of athletic wear, and that may be something that, that you're interested in as well. Yeah, and I guess I guess part of what I'm getting at is is you know I mean it seems that there there's always a potential tension between the energy that that comes up from the users, uh, and you know if you know standing behind this this environment is you know a substantial sized company like Yahoo, and then a bunch of other big companies like Adidas or Jeep or something like that. Um, how do you how do you make that work in a way that 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 actually is authentic, you know, for the users? Yeah, well, it, uh, for the users, it's completely an opt-in experience, right? So, in many ways, the association of that user with that brand is that much more powerful because they've chosen the association, um, and they can communicate that to their friends. And it's, it's, the product is created in a context that makes sense to them. Um, so, you know, versus seeing kind of a big banner ad. Um, they actually see that they have the option to add some new Adidas articles to their avatar. So it's completely choice-based on the part of the user, which, again, is online communities are kind of a different world um, for marketers. And um, I think, you know, 
that there is going to be the experience where you, you take some of the good with the bad, but to the extent that you can get people to opt into your brands, your products, your RSS feeds, that's going to be a very powerful thing. It does help if a company maintains a good uh, set of discussion boards and responds to real problems and uh, relatively quickly. And I think that's where a lot of communities actually fail is when they don't listen to the community. It sounds so obvious, but, uh, you know, having the community tell, drive the, um, you know, future products and services of that, uh, and then even and even outside of that community, what are people saying? If you look at uh, blogs, uh, for example, and, and what are people saying about your community on their own space, on their own blog? what kind of comments. You better be monitoring and watching that as well because people might not necessarily feel comfortable or they feel like they need another outlet and they do it on their own space. So you just can't look in internal uh, on the discussion boards. But you have, you know, I think it's a good thing to have them. And I think well, it, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, go, go right ahead. I, I think it goes back to, to that issue of trust, too. You know, the company can start to build a trust relationship with their audience if um, they do respond in a timely manner when users have issues, whether they're on their own company boards um, or still listening maybe out there in the blogosphere. Um, we found it's very important to have people that are kind of active in those discussions and those communities, and people really value the fact that you show up. You show up and you communicate with them and you try to be as you know honest and forthright about the things you're doing wrong and the things you're doing right as possible. Um, and that we've just really found that that gets a great response. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the interesting things that that, that that you know I find about you know the, this current world we're in, and this this you know ties back somewhat to, you know particular to some of the things that that Bill you were talking about with, with RSS, is you know there are communities that are that are in a you know a defined virtual place. I mean, Craigslist.org is is a site, although it's you know it's also a network of of you know distributed local communities in different cities. Um, you know, but then there's this thing that we call the blogosphere, which is not any particular place. It's just, you know, a bunch of posts that are thrown up into the ether and there are these various technologies that stitch them together in different ways. Uh, I, I think of some of that as, as a community, but it's not a community in any sort of cohesive sense. Do the, the same kinds of, uh, you know, lessons apply, or, or, or is there something different as we move to this world where things are so distributed that, e- that you know, even the notion of having a... a site as, as sort of the, the central locus of interaction no longer becomes true. Uh, you know, I, I always talk about the, the community, and when I say the community, I, uh, from, I reach out to my community, and my community is, is, is marketers, people who, um, you know, who you know, buy, or buy my, my service or could participate with my service. Uh, and I think that's, a very, that's very important. Yes, it's very it's very fragmented, and then I have to. I might have to do a little more digging to find out who really is in my community. But I do. I do um, talk with them, and I'm strictly. I'm talking about the. You know, your point about blogs. It, you know, why why can't a community be in, in over a thousand sites? And like you said, the glue that ties it all together is is you know some is RSS or whatever kind of technology we come up with next that that stitches it all to all together. It doesn't have to be at a specific domain name as long as we can participate in that community in an easy, easy way. And I think the tools that that you know that that, that 
that are online now allow us to do that much better than, say, a few years ago. Anyone else want to take a swing at that one? I'm hearing deafening silence. Okay. Um, uh, no, and, and some of these things are, you know, I mean, it's it, it, they're not they're not easy answers. And and um, part of what's interesting right now is is sort of the degree of different kinds of innovation that are happening. Well, let me let me, let me ask you then something in a different direction, um, which may, may may actually be related. Um, you know, one of the issues that, that that's coming up, especially on a lot of the the social networking sites. Um, is the, the the issue of identity and and whether people can move their their identities and their and their reputation between sites? Um, I mean, clearly, you know, for for many of these these sites, uh, you know, there is at least you know short term analysis a lot of value in locking people in by virtue of you know, for example, not letting you transfer your eBay reputation score when you go off onto another site, uh, or not letting you transfer your data that you put into MySpace onto another site. Um, and yet, you know, the, that, that, that also potentially limits the value to the user and cuts against a lot of the things that, that you've all already talked about. So, um, I mean, do you think that, and this is for whoever wants to start, that, that identity is going to become increasingly portable across all these different communities? And if it does, then, then sort of, you know, what is it that's left that, that, that still provides that, that unique value in a particular community? Yeah, yeah um, I... Absolutely, think um, so. So, open is the open is part of Web 2.0, and I think it's the direction in which the internet is moving. So, it's, it's I think one of these um, inevitable moves towards openness. It's already started with RSS, where content can come into a site, content can come off of a site, and that's just kind of the new way that things work. And with identity, I think it does identity does belong to the user. So. We really want to be as open as possible with identity while while protecting users' privacy, obviously. Um, so, you know, the interesting thing with identity is sort of what then, what, what can you syndicate in identity, um, and then what things remain unique to the site. Um, because I think there there is some level of things that are going to be connected to the site on which that identity was created, things that would be connected to eBay or Yahoo or, or Craigslist. And then some things about that identity that you really do want to give the user the power to syndicate um, and take with them across the web. What about what about the the other two of you? Um, I am I am looking at identity in that issue, mm -hmm. although it's from a much more mundane perspective. Uh, you know, we're seeing. Uh, Lots of issues regarding scams, uh, scams of different sorts, and just information warfare. Um, stuff like people attempting to badmouth competitors or people trying to uh, attack competition, say, in the form of uh, swift voting or something like that. And as different forms of, uh, let's say, coordinated identity arise, uh, that will make it easier to uh, track the uh, bad guys to find them. Yeah. Uh, by coordinated identity, I mean I've already seen some sites which attempt to tie together the identities represented on different sites so that at least you could figure out that you're speaking to a consistent identity, and my instincts tell me that that would help me deal with some of the worst of the uh, scammers, again, specifically the people who uh, are focusing on disinformation. I'm already worried about what October will look like. 
What, because of the election, or? Yes. Hmm. You think, you think that, the, uh, that, that that community is, is sufficiently wise to, to what's going on in this world to be able to really uh, try and muck it up? <laughs> well, we don't, well, well, right now we've seen that uh, disinformation uh, warfare experts have been very, very good and very effective. And uh, I've consumed a lot more of my time than I'd like. Um, however, there are some signs that people in the community are getting more aware of that. That is, the Internet's uh, autoimmune system is getting smarter. Uh, they tried to uh, swift boat uh, Congressman Bertha a few, a few months ago, but that attempt seemed to die out very quickly. I saw some of it happening, and, uh, but only a little bit. So I'm hoping that that's beginning to be uh, over, but I have no confidence in that hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's an important point. It just it, it, it seems like there's, you know, I mean, I, I think it was Clay Shirky who defined social software as, as something that can be spammed or something that's likely to be spammed. And, and, and it just seems that, you know, you look at you look at email, you look at, you know, IM, you look at, you know, social networks and blogs and everything, and... and you know whether it's you know get rich quick spam or, or some of the stuff that that you're talking about, Craig. That's sort of maybe for a, a political goal. It, it sounds like this is. I mean, you know, they, they're they're you know, the, the forces of good or the forces of evil may be winning a little more at particular times. But you know, it sounds like this is this is kind of a, a struggle for the long haul. Uh, it is because even after the current uh, crop of uh, large scale scammers are dealt with, uh, there will be more. But I'm suspecting that the uh, tide of uh, historical reform is against the bad guys. Uh, you'll forgive me, I've been reading too much history again. So <laughs> I've been uh, expressing myself in possibly uh, sanctimonious terms. But it looks like the trend is towards the uh, good guys. And the history of the world is being written in places like Wikipedia. And. That will be written by people who are, well, more media savvy and probably younger. And so that's uh, happening. And maybe I'm too much of an optimist. I'll try to uh, thaw myself around and uh, minimize that. But that is uh, a big chunk of my, uh, of my optimism. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I guess, I, you know, I would, I would imagine that, you know, Craig and, and, and Julie, you spend a lot of time fighting the uh, the evil part and that's it, it is a part of your job and that if you do build a community you have to build that concept in that you do have to fight the the evil part of it uh, you're yeah. right and that actually works uh, amazingly well mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely as, as we said earlier you you know you know the you you set the right tone for the community you give the community the right set of tools um, and then you apply Good technology. We had technology in Yahoo Mail called SpamGuard that was very effective at keeping the spam out, and we applied that to Yahoo Groups to help cut down on, on the onslaught of spam that can happen on that kind of public forum. Um, so we, we kind of try to come at it from from all sides and kind of decide the tools and technologies. Again, kind of incentives and reputation can be a very powerful thing. Um, you know, both on the positive side, so you start to build a positive reputation and you have that kind of good feedback for people um, participating in a positive way in the network, and, and also on the negative side, so you really know who the people are that um, aren't, aren't really providing a positive contribution to the community. Yeah, although doesn't, doesn't the whole generational shift 
fit into that? I mean, you know, we talk about online communities. It's hard to ignore the you know the, the fact that you know things like MySpace you know, skew very heavily towards teenagers and twenty somethings, and those are the things that have grown so explosively. And and um, you know, I'm 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 not not a teenager myself, and though I have kids, they're they're you know two and three, so I, I don't quite have a personal connection with this. But but you know, my my, my sense is that you know people in that generation have a you know a, a somewhat different set of expectations and perceptions about what's you know what's okay what kind of you know things are or you know what what's a real barrier in terms of privacy that they worry about clearly disinformation and, and you know and scams and so forth that you know no one no one's comfortable with but you know does the nature of these communities and sort of what's evil versus just acceptable change um, over time given that generational shift I don't think I understood the question. <laughs> right. uh, I'll take a quick stab. Um, I think, I think the, I think the obviously the younger generation. You, you talk to them; they're just incredibly savvy about community, and um, you know they definitely have a sense of kind of who's you know oftentimes have a sense of who's okay to connect with. And I, I connect with my friends, but uh, you know I don't connect with other people and strangers. And we do find a lot of the younger generation when they are connecting online really are focused on their friends in the physical world, that, you know, when they're IMing, when they're, you know, in a social network, they really want to be connecting with the people they know. Um, but I think there's also a, a real caution there, which is oftentimes that generation, it, when they're very young, particularly the kind of under-18 generation, may not realize that some of the risks inherent in a very public online forum. So I think there's just a really important role there for, you know, obviously parent participation, but also education around, you know, what is acceptable and what's not acceptable in that kind of online environment. Mm -hmm. I just have one message for those kids. Get off my lawn. <laughs> well, that would probably be a good place to stop. But let me ask let me ask one more question before we before we wrap up. Um, you know, which which is, I mean, if we are, you know, I, I would think all somewhat optimistic about about you know what's coming in the future. And and clearly now there you know there is you know this resurgence of enthusiasm in the in the technology world with with the you know sort of what some call Web 2.0 and certainly with the the economy turning up and, and new technology companies starting and so forth. Um, what, what is it that, that it, as you look at the next, you know, five years, ten years or so, um, each of you gives each of you sort of the, the greatest, uh, you know, hope or excitement about the future in, you know, your business or, or, or the piece of this world that, that you're focused on? Uh, I'll take a stab at that first. Uh, I you know, again, I focus on, on RSS and the, and the delivery of that information. And uh, the thing that I just, uh, where I think uh, RSS will succeed as a delivery mechanism is because the consumer is in control. They've opted in to receive that information. A lot different opt-in process than an email ever was. You give up your email address and that's it. Someone could use that for evil. Um, but with the RSS, it's, it's, it's pull. It's a pull technology. And it allows me to say, you know, I spent my, I spent my first web, web years searching, right, looking for information um, through search engines. Now I've, I've created this, uh, I've created a, uh, my own experience, my own web uh, with the things that, that I like. And, and it puts me in control of that, that information. And, and I think that's what really is going to, going to drive um, the next five years is, is putting the tools in the consumer's hands and then 
it's going to self-regulate. You know, just I think the the idea of what you know what eBay did with 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 their um, you know their tools that they they you know, can rate people and such, and how they you know, are they good players in the community or bad or or what have you. I think that's going to become more and more important. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, and I think um, what's exciting to me is the fact that um, co- community is, is kind of great when you're in a community, you're in a movie community, but also as you develop that, that personal network, um, that personal network can really start to drive relevance for you for whatever you're doing across the web. So in many ways, when I now go to Yahoo Local, I can see the local restaurants that are recommended by people I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Community is no longer a site for me, but it's a different way of experiencing the web, and it's a different way of encountering relevant um, information. And also, there's an element there of serendipity where you see something recommended by a friend, and you're like, oh, God, that's great. I never would have thought of that restaurant, but I know the person that's recommending it, and it's, it's going to be the perfect fit. Um, so for me, what's exciting about community is it, is it really starts with all the new tools and more portable identities that breaks out of just being in a certain area of the site and really um, becomes the thing that makes everything more relevant for me. I do think we're going to see some technologies evolve that will help people work together to figure out what's valuable to them in both entertainment and news and everything. Mm -hmm. It's going to come out of a collaborative filtering space. And I do think we're going to see some significant development happening this year. Well, we'll look forward to uh, to seeing that. Um, I, I, I think you're right, but um, uh, you know, as I said, I think it's it's an exciting time where you know a lot of challenges as, as, as we've discussed, but. Um, some fascinating opportunities as well. So I think on that we'll wrap this up. Uh, let me thank all three of you for participating. Um, again, um, this will um, be one of the kinds of themes that we continue to look at and explore at Supernova 2006. Uh, and thank you all very much. Thank you. Thanks, folks.